Hello, everyone. Sorry about that. Welcome to the Chicago Justice Show. Really appreciate it. Today, we're going to talk about two stories. Mayor Lightfoot won't commit on releasing the probe of Anjanette Young. She's flip-flopping on her Pledge of Transparency. I know that's shocking from a Chicago politician. And then our third, our, our last segment. The last segment is about um, the traffic stop data report that came out of Plot Club Chicago. Seems like a really interesting analysis, some big numbers, but it's a dud. A horrific quote they got from an alderman, Spazzato, 38th Ward. We'll talk about that. That may be really the only um, reason that story is publishable. I'm not sure if it's publishable. Um, otherwise, I don't think it has a level of analysis or nuance or understanding that there should be in articles like that. So let's get right to it. go oh no it did not come in nope all right so i'm just going to read you the yeah there's some issue with the images okay technical problems this morning the first article chicago mayor lightfoot won't commit to releasing materials from the probes into anjanette young raid yep that's right now i know you're shocked by that remember context young they raid the wrong apartment. She's naked. She's naked for a number of minutes until they let her go put clothes on. They didn't do any of their homework, any of the work they're supposed to do legally to get the warrant, or I shouldn't say legally, under CPD guidelines. They didn't do any of the things they were supposed to do. So they get a warrant. They raid the wrong apartment. The person they're looking for is actually in jail. She sues. Original case gets tossed. Always remember that when you're talking about the young case. Why did that get tossed? We don't know. And because the reporting has been so bad, even though there's been a lot of it, we, they don't really talk about the first case getting tossed out of court. So she then, they refile, they go public with the video. All right, somehow got leaked, but I think it's pretty much determined to be her side that did it. There's public relations for the problem. I mean, for the public relations problem due to the video coming out. And since that time, Young and the city have been trying to work out a settlement. They're not going to, or if it is, it's going to be very small. I've talked about this before. I think Young probably misplayed their hand by putting the tape out because um, while there's been a lot of fanfare, there's no more damage that she can really do to the city. So usually they pay out to prevent the damage, but once the damage is done, why are they going to pay out? All right, so let's get to this article. Total hack politician moved. Trust me, if you could close your eyes, if I read this to you, whether you would you think it wasn't something Rahm Emanuel would do or Richard Daly would do? Or the original Richard Daly would do? So let's get to it. Last December, as a local and national news outlet scrutinized her handling of the Chicago police raid of social worker Anjanette Young's home, Mayor Lightfoot repeatedly promised full transparency about the case. As we talked about last week, instead of having just COPA and the Inspector General's office do an investigation, she hired an outside firm that could claim executive privilege on pretty much everything from the mayor's office so that the Inspector General and COPA could not get it. Ten months later, Lightfoot is refusing to say whether 
She will ever release reports and evidence from investigations that could shed light on the 2019 raid's aftermath, including city efforts spanning more than a year to withhold the body cam footage that shows Young having to stand naked and handcuffed for nearly 10 minutes in a room full of male cops as she insisted they had the wrong home. Yep. Tonal authoritative authoritarian move. Is that not something Ron would have done? Is that not something Daly would have done? Why does she get a pass? Please, why does she get a pass? I don't understand. Let me just remind you quickly, if you've got questions or comments, feel free to drop them in the chat at any of the networks or platforms you're watching us, and I'll get to it. Where's the change? Where's the light for change? Come on. They're supposed to do things differently. And the reason... You know, they talk about diversity and it changes all these things. This ain't any new. What's different from her compared to, we have a black female lesbian in the office. She's acting just like the white straight guys. What's the difference? Outside of just having the ability to obtain the office and be corrupt as everyone else, what is the change? Where's the difference? Let's get back to it. The law, Lightfoot said she would follow in a measure she crafted and pushed through city council in 2019. It leaves up, it up to the corporation council's sole discretion to release the inspector general's files and reports. The corporation council, the city top's lawyer, answers to the mayor. If corporation council Celia Meza decides to withhold the report, the public's only glimpse will be a summary published in a quarterly report from the IG's office next year. Yes. Why in the world, why in the world would the city council pass a law that leaves them its sole discretion of the corp council who works for the mayor to release findings from the IG? You want to talk, is there a more useless body anywhere in the world than the Chicago city council? We have three currently under indictment. We have one more. Ricardo Munez, I think he's waiting. I think he pled guilty and is waiting to be sentenced. We have Daly, right? Patrick Daly Thompson, his trial just got postponed because of a COVID emergency with a family member of the prosecutors. Then we have Ed Burke, of course. Um, and I never remember the, the alderman's name that used to be head of budget. It'll come to me. So they're very good at getting indicted and going to jail, but not very good at doing anything else. Let's continue. Young's attorney, Keenan Salter, said keeping those reports hidden is inconsistent with Lightfoot's promise last December. Transparency isn't a word we can just throw around, Salter said. It actually got to mean something. Now remember, ladies and gentlemen, when you look at the Young case, should Young get a payout? Do I think so? Of course. Of course, 100%. What you're seeing here with Young's attorney is fighting the case in the press because I don't think they can win it in court. That's my, my assumption. I don't know, but the fact that they haven't gotten to a point here where they've pressed it and gone to a, uh, a jury trial, I don't understand. So outside of a jury verdict, this seems to be the last gasp of Salter and Young in public relations wise. And it seems like 
the mayor has gotten over the hump and doesn't need to release anything to them at all? Is it going to be pushed into it, I should say? If that's true, that's a huge issue. I would love some in-depth analysis about the what is going on actually in the civil suit itself. Why did it get delayed? Why did it get tossed originally? Why were they able to refile? How, what's the difference between the filings and where is it at in court? Why isn't this being, why hasn't this gone to a jury yet? They seem to be waiting to keep pushing it in public relations and not so much in the jury. If you have a good case, a lot of the civil rights people will tell you, if you have a really good case, you're just going to go forward and do it. So I'm curious as to why they may not have as good a case as everyone thinks they do. I'm not saying, like I said, I think she should get a payout. I'm just not so sure she's going to. And I mean, for Mayor Flip Flop, what else is new? What, how horrible she's been on policing issues and justice issues. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't think that if they're going to settle with Young, it's going to be for something very small. The city raids the wrong apartment all the time. They don't want to create a, uh, a precedent of giving someone millions of dollars when they raid the wrong apartment, which is what I'm sure Young and them are looking for. So maybe it settles at some point, but I think it's going to be a much lower amount than almost everyone thinks. Okay, on to our last segment. It's an article from Black Club Chicago. It's an op-ed. The data doesn't lie. No. Traffic stops reveal age-old biases in the Chicago Police Department. Well, of course. There's no doubt that this existed. We all knew it did. But look at, and I keep saying this, why academic research is so much better than average or even pretty good journalism. This was so lazy. It sounds so good, but it was just so lazy. Once again, we're going to hit this point where I've gone on and on and on about it, ladies and gentlemen. You cannot compare what happened in 20 or 21 as being representative of any other year that came before or what's going to be going forward. It's a massive, unprecedented anomaly because of the worldwide pandemic. So trying to compare it in any way around justice to previous years is just wrong. It's wrong. It doesn't mean what the police did isn't racist or bad. I'm just telling you, it's crime statistic-wise and using numbers. It's just not, it's just not right. Okay. Let's get to the big elephant in the room or related to this article. Northwest side Alderman Nicholas Pizzotto, 38, shared his view. White people... Oh boy, you know, it's going to be bad when it starts that way. White people just know how to talk their way out of a ticket. They just cooperate. I don't think he had a white robe and, ha and pointy hat on when he said it. This guy is an elected official making over $100,000 a year. 
in Chicago. And last time I checked, I think he's a Democrat. Yep, that's a Democrat for you. That's a Chicago Democrat, racist as can be. As I said in the beginning, he was one of the authors or sponsors of the Blue Lives Matter ordinance. It was the white bill response to the murder of Laquan McDonald and the protests that came. Oh my God, we, we need to get an ordinance in that says cops' lives really matter because you know what? No one cares about cops in our society, right? They should just be allowed to gun down mentally, uh, black youth in the midst of a mental health crisis, gun them down 16 times. Who cares? They deserve it. Feel bad for the cop that had to shoot him 16 times for basically no reason. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Now, as far as I'm concerned, that's about where the interesting part of this article stops. Why? Because they're trying to do traffic analysis of traffic stop data in 20. It, it almost sounds like a good idea. Almost. Now imagine, ladies and gentlemen, they're trying to do traffic stop analysis. Looking at months and months of lockdowns and hardly people and people working from home and not going out. Does it mean there wasn't racism involved? Absolutely not. Of course there was. That's the Chicago Police Department. You can almost always guarantee it. It just means these people don't know what the hell they're doing. Why not go look at like 10 through 19? Look at the decade. One year also, you never look at one year. Never, ever, ever, ever look at one year. What the hell does that tell you? How does that compare to the year before, the year before, the year before, the year before, 10 years before, 20 years before? Never look at one year. So this article is a great quote, right? That on Spazzato. Headline grabber, there you go. Horrible data use. So let's get back to the article. The 16th district on the city's northwest side, Jefferson Park area, and the 22nd district on the southwest side had the fewest traffic stops of any of the city's 22 police districts during 2020. Okay, of course, there's a lot of cops there. They're not pulling each other over. Makes sense. Well, but worldwide pandemic, how does it... How do we interpret that? Did anyone in the world doubt that there were fewer traffic stops in the places where there's a heavy concentration of city workers and cops? Anyone? Anyone? No. Once again, can't use 20. Anyways. It's such an abnormal year, it cannot be generalized. I bet the data would be even worse if you looked at years that weren't pandemic years. And one could say, and one would be true here, this is another reason why you can't use a pandemic year. Once the protests hit, and I don't remember the exact date when George Floyd's protest hit Chicago. I know it was on a Friday. 
I think it was on Saturday, actually. They shifted resources and pulled resources out of police districts, the local districts, and moved them into citywide teams. Moved them out of, I'm sure, safer areas and put them in the loop, right, because of the protests and the unrest. Another reason why these numbers are different than they probably would normally be. Are they not going to be racist every other year? Of course they are. Of course there's going to be fewer traffic stops. It just means you have so many confounding factors. You can't understand what the data actually means. You can't parse out exactly what it means. Let's get back to the article. Illinois' traffic and pedestrian stop study data shows police are pulling over Chicago drivers more in recent years than ever before. But the few and far between stops in areas where many police officers live highlights massive disparities in where Chicago police are stopping drivers and which drivers they are pulling over. Yep, we knew that. Traffic stops have shot up from 14 forward as the police have moved into not caring about solving shootings and not going after shooters specifically, but going after anyone they could possibly think might have a weapon. So they can generate a number about a seizure of a weapon and they can try to put people in prison for mandatory minimums for having a weapon, not using the weapon. So yes, the police are concentrating on the exact wrong thing. But what also has happened here is there's not yet been a message or a a mention of the correlation between street violence and the stops yet. Because there's a strong one. Now... Do Chicago police still pull over way too many people of color? Of course. Are there too few stops and probably there's safer areas and areas where there's incredible amount of police living on the north and southwest sides? Northwest and southwest sides. Of course. Let's get back to the article. Alderman Nicholas Spasato, 38th Ward, a former firefighter who represents part of the northwest side, said the lack of stops in Jefferson Park and surrounding neighborhoods isn't because cops are enforcing traffic laws in neighborhoods where many officers, or aren't enforcing traffic traffic rules in neighborhoods where many officers live. Residents in this ward are rarely get stopped because they are a very law-abiding community. (laughs) What a joke. That was code for they are white, ladies and gentlemen. That is what that is. It's code. They are white. And of course, you know, whites don't speed. It is so sad. Go look up domestic. I wonder what domestic violence, sexual assault in those wards would be. Look up sexual assault cases that come out of the bars in those in the northwest side, Edison Park. It'd be interesting to see how law abiding his residents really are. I'm sure there's men not beating the women in their lives and in their homes and their kids in their homes and their lives, right? Nah, they're white. They don't do such a thing. Wow, man. Put the hood on, Alderman. Put the hood on. We go back. I'm a lifelong resident of the 41st Ward. What I love about our ward is that it is filled with hardworking families that love their community and their neighbors and have a profound respect for the rule of law. Hmm. Your data highlights these facts, as would the documented 911 calls for service in the 41st Ward compared to other parts of the city. 
Well, first, it's much more economically advantaged. It's white. So those two affect calls for service. You know, it also affects calls for service. And he won't tell you this because he's a male white cop. So he's not going to tell you this. Is that the women in their lives, they're not going to... When your husband beats you and he's a cop, we're going to talk straight, just binary, right? Male, female. You're a female. Your husband's a cop, white male cop, and he beats you. Are you going to call his buddies to come arrest him? We know one of the professions with the highest rates of domestic violence are cops. And if his officers have such a profound respect for the law, his residents and officers, because there's a lot of cops living there, why is the Chicago Police Department under a federal consent decree? Why are they so absolutely broken? Why did they cover up the, the murder of Laquan McDonald? Why did they cover up the 20 plus years of torture from John Burge? Why did they cover up SOS, Special Operations Section, kidnapping, beating, and robbing people for many years? We could go on, Area 2 gun team, beating up the businessmen and getting off for it. You can go on and on and on and on and on and on with all the problems in the department. And since many of his residents are cops, he owns that. But they have a profound respect for the law. Why are they have a profound respect for the law? Why aren't you in their love, their communities and their neighborhoods? Why aren't they getting the goddamn vaccine? Why are they in court fighting against having to get the vaccine and having to tell their employer that they've got it? I mean, nothing shows a more profound love for their communities and their neighborhoods and a profound respect for the law than fighting that. But these are two elected officials in Chicago. Two white, straight guys. Shocking. All right, let's get back to this article. And just let me, here's my closing comments for today. The article is an interesting idea, but they didn't know what the hell they were doing. You cannot interpret 20 stop data. It was way too naive and generalized, uh, generalized analysis. This was bad. Bad, 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 bad. Go back and look at 15 and through 19 or 10 through 19. And I think you'd get like, some pretty good trends that are undeniable. Is there racism in stops? Absolutely, 100%. Are the stops tied to the city's obsession with gun getting gun possession arrests? Absolutely. And getting guns off the street? Absolutely. And is it tied to violent street crime? Absolutely. Is it tied to the drug war? Absolutely. None of this around traffic stops or most of policing can be analyzed independent of all those things. And then you have to throw in segregation and racism and housing insecurity, unemployment, uh, the loss of economic jobs. And then you start to get an understanding what is behind all of this. Besides, you have to look at the reward system of the Chicago Police Department. They went from um, skyrocketing gun possession arrests were noticed looking at 2013 data and then all of a sudden the jump, historic jump in 14. Because that's, they, I guess they realized they couldn't solve shootings. So they just would figure, just try to arrest anyone you can with a gun possessing a weapon. Right? All of that plays into this. And 
the naivete about which this, how this is done is pretty sad. We, there were other articles from other outlets. They weren't really any better. Um, to be honest with you, they shouldn't have looked. You don't look at one year. You don't look at the pandemic year. Um, yeah, it was really poorly done. And they basically talked to the two whitest aldermen they could. It's a pretty amazing, um, <laughs> pretty amazing little um, political rants. They were horrifically racist and dumb. I don't know if we could get dumber than those two comments. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I really appreciate it. We'll be back Wednesday at one um, at twelve p.m. Central Time, and um, I will see you then. Have a great day. Um.